Hey everyone, this is Arnold Bjorn with Weekly Welcome. So excited today to be sitting down with you and Joy, co-founders and power couple behind Holy Basil, one of LA's most favorite restaurants right now at the moment. They started out as a beverage brand doing canned soda pops and concentrates under the name The Base, and now they are operating one of the hottest restaurants and Thai restaurants in LA. So super excited to be sharing their story with you today. We dive a lot into their origin story, how they made their way here to the states, how they met, and what's next for them. So, without further ado, this is Do and Joy with Holy Basil. I don't really make it to downtown often, I'll be honest, but when I do, it's usually you guys or um, Leo at Rice Box. He's a good friend too. Yeah. Um, but I love what you guys are doing. You guys have excellent Thai food. And I love that you're located in, in, and I, and I'm sure we'll touch on this later, but I feel like you guys are opening up in locations where maybe Thai food is not available easily, you know? So I appreciate it. It was, it's really nice to see you guys in downtown, you know, with this podcast, I always love to start with making it to America story. Uh, I, I know for you, you, you kind of came a little bit later in life. So, and I would yeah. like to just you know, as we're doing this, hear from the both of you, wherever you best see fit. So, you know, whoever wants to go first, I, I would love for the audience to hear about how you guys ended up in the U.S. or L.A. specifically. Yeah, so I actually originally came uh, to, actually I have um, an opportunity to come to U.S. when I was in like third grade to come to school. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember, was it for just summer school or for a semester as an exchange student? Um, but I ended up going to um, Singapore first. So that's how it started. I love going abroad just because, um, you know, as a kid, you get to stay away from your family, like <laughs> kind of thing. So that was the first um, impression of being outside um, of Thailand, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I remember um, telling my parents that I always want to go and study abroad. So they sent me. At, uh, when I was in sixth grade in Thailand, you know, when you're sixth grade, um, you have a choice of joining the same school okay. or can go to another school. It's almost a midway. Mm. Uh, so my mom asked me if I, um, if I wanted to basically go to the same school or you can go abroad. Okay. Basically. Um, and then the idea was if I wake up that day and then go to that school, that means I'm going to that school. <laughs> if not, they're going abroad. It was that simple. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then so, um, of course, I didn't end up waking up to go to that school. So, <laughs> yeah. So I ended up in um, India. I went to school for in- to India. So interesting. Okay. For six years. Real- oh, um, for the other six. Okay. Got it. Got it. For the other six. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I was basically doing engineer classes but i ended up applying to an art school in connecticut hartford Mm. Uh, so i went to that school um, Mm. for a year Mm -hmm. that's how i started coming to united states by myself basically flew get on a plane came here um landed on jfk (laughs) walked out with my um, suitcase um there's a taxi driver Uh waiting and and literally, I got, um, I paid like much more than I needed right, to pay. Right, right, right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I went to my school in Connecticut. Um, he dropped me off and I was there for, for a year. I was basically the, I think the only Asian student in that school. 
Right. And uh, that was college? Are you referring to that? That was college. Okay. That was my freshman year. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I, I basically, and then my parents um, told me, not my, not my parents, my grandparents, uh, which is very common um, in Thailand that they use, it's a family run business. So they usually have um, almost like um, a power to like, because they send me to school, they pay my tuition. Um, and, and they basically in, in a way can decide where like your, you know, your career goal, mm. um, at least in, in my, my Thai Chinese family, cause they've been like taking care of my, 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 you know, expense and all that stuff. Um, okay. Um, and so they decided to be, to, they wanted me back to go take care of, or at least start to take care of a family business. Mm-hmm. Um, for my freshman year, end of my freshman year. And I, I basically told them that, um, no, I don't want to do that. Uh-huh. Um, so they cut me off. Wow. That, that was the thing. Yeah. Wow. That just like that, huh? Yeah. Just like that. Just, it, it just, because I think they, they believe that I'll just, you know, basically fly back. Wow. That's all my option kind of. Is that uh, pretty normal in your, in your culture? Like these uh, kind of situations? Um, I would, I would say so, at least in my, you know, like people, like they, there's people who come here and then they, you know, they pay for all their, their I tuition see, I see. Sure. and all those stuff, but mine was a little bit different. Okay. Um, so I think it's pretty common. Wow. At least from my knowledge what? that they oh. can cut you off. What, and what, so what happened after they cut you off? Like, what'd you do? Um, I told my mom, so my mom flew to Connecticut and then we flew to San Francisco together. Mm. Um, thinking that, you know, California have like, you know, either like a cheaper, like, you know, I can go to community college. Sure. That was one of the option. Um, Cause I was in a private um, college. In Connecticut. Yeah. In Connecticut. Got it. So I, I flew to um, San Francisco and also was thinking that maybe I can do like, you know, start working. Yep. Um, and also um, go to school. So, and then I went to San Francisco with my, my mom was I basically was cleaning ditches um, at that point in a restaurant um, for three or four months, and I don't know what happened, but we decided to move to LA because mm. uh, I think there's more type. I I could be wrong. During that time, we thought that there's more tight um, restaurant, there's more jobs, and then there's like opportunity to go to school. There's more um, a bigger uh, Thai community in mm-hmm. LA, so mm-hmm. we came to LA. Okay. Wow, yeah. what a story! <laughs> it hasn't been easy for you, huh? Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay, um, okay. I would love to hear Joy's side too, and I, you know, where I'm trying to go with this, I want to coincide this with re- how you guys met at the restaurant you both worked at. So, so Joy, how did you how did you end up in LA? Um, so my my aunt, which is my mom's sister, she lives here. Uh huh. And I think that during that time, I was at the end of um high no middle school. Uh-huh. in Thailand and then I guess I was just being a bad kid I was supposed to come here since I was 12 yeah but I was like no I have so like I have so many friends in Thailand and I'm like mm. coming to a different state you know of course where you, where you haven't been to and then you don't speak the language I'm like okay then that's probably not the route I want to go to but when I turned 15 I was kind of being bad mm. so I was forced to come here Interesting. Okay. My choice. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I landed here at 15. I stayed with my aunt and uncle. And I was supposed to only 
stay for like to stay for high school and then go back to college um, in Thailand. But after coming here for like three months, I was like, oh, wow, this is such a freedom, you know, like because you don't leave your parents, you know, and then you get like it's freedom because in school in Thailand, it's different than here. Mm -hmm. But in Thailand, like you got to listen to not listen, but like, you know, like you got to be like strict. You have like like, curfew, you know. All yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So after being here for two, three months, I was like, oh, mom, I'm not going back. Mm. And then that's kind of like, and then I stay until, until now. <laughs> wow. So the way you guys came is so different, right? Yeah. One yeah. of you guys kind of by choice and, you know, the other kind of forced here. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really fascinating. Did the both of you guys, are you guys from the same area in Thailand? Like where, where was home in Thailand for the both of you? Bangkok. Bangkok. Yeah. Oh, both of you. Okay. Okay. But we are opposite side. Of like, the river. In the Thailand, river. there's a river. Uh-huh. And you split. Oh. In Bangkok, there, there's a river. Um, she's on more like, um, you can say it's like a Manhattan gotcha. side. Gotcha. And I was more like on the Brooklyn, Brooklyn side. Gotcha. Yeah, Brooklyn. The way you guys met, you guys actually worked at a restaurant together here in, here in Los Angeles. I kind of want to touch a little bit on, on that because you guys were there for a long time. I think eight years, if, I, if I'm not wrong. Um, yeah. could we talk about that and, and just your time there and how you guys met, how you developed this relationship together? Like, I would love to hear more about that story. So I started there first as a bartender after a year or two years. And then you started. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like basically I was going to Santa Monica city college and Chandara on Pico was the closest one. Like the closest Thai restaurant where we yeah, went to school. Closest, yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I also was having trouble applying for, uh, jobs in in Thai town mm-hmm. um, just because during that time be, because I was traveling a lot I, I wasn't like fluent in, in Thai and I couldn't mm. write um, Thai language so it was really hard for them um, to, you know to communicate with back kitchen sure, sure. Um, for them and stuff like that so Shandara was almost like you know um, I think they say like back in the days because Shandara was was like a legend restaurant back in the days yeah Yeah, that's what i heard yeah so it's more like they would say it's like asian hooters (laughs) yeah you know what you know what's funny katie katie from tuk tuk thai uh chow krong she told Uh me chandara had the most beautiful thai woman is what she told me yeah yeah like uh and then most of them were um asians like american asians or you know you like they don't they didn't hire Someone who just came I from, see, I see. Yeah, from Thailand, like back in the days, like you gotta be fluent in English, you know, oh, like oh okay. Yeah, yeah, it's like a party scene, you know, where you you go to work, you party and you make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. That must have been a crazy restaurant to work at. <laughs> yeah. It was so much fun. Like a lot of us still remained friends. Yeah. We'll just say like we still family, most of us. We still talk. We talk about the old time. Of course. course. Yeah. 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 And then we're still friends with like our old like client, like customers, you know? Yeah. Because we we party together and stuff like that. So like it became like a family. Yeah. Okay. So so Joy, you ended up being a manager there. And then do did you did you you start as a as a busser, right? At the restaurant. And then what did you kind of end up doing uh, towards the end of that? Oh, okay. And then when did you guys start? like having this relationship at work too um i would say 
like a year or two in. Oh, wow. So, okay. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. I guess I, I was a bartender and then he was a cashier. So we worked yeah. next to each other most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Mm. I was doing a bartender and then a cashier on some, some day. Some, some day. Shit. Gotcha. So we're right next to each other. Um, like the station is right next. Like he yeah. probably he's most of the time he's he's working next to me. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. And he used to always feed me alcohol. So because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's a it's almost like a party scene. Everyone is young and yeah, like, like you can dr- you can drink on job. Yeah. Really. You, but you just have to perform. You know, you just have yeah. to be like know what you're doing. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Wow. This is some revolutionary stuff. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So you guys in a year or two and you guys started uh, dating essentially. And yeah. so you ended up working and dating for like six, six years yeah. or six years, something like that at that restaurant then? Yes. Wow. 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 So I eventually became um, a manager at Lodgemont location. I was the one on Pico. Oh, so they separated you guys at some point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, like the interesting part comes because you guys took a leap of faith in in kind of like entrepreneurship, right? When you guys started the base, which is like the first brand you guys started together. Is that correct? Yeah. Um. How did that come to be? And also because when you're at a place for that long, it, it starts to get a little comfortable and and yeah. you kind of ease into it. But what what made you guys kind of go out and and do this venture together? I think like I, for me, I always knew that I wanted to be my own boss. Mm. And I always wanted to own a restaurant. Yeah. And I guess I, the most affordable to like, to like test your concept, you know, is to do pop up at like night markets and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's what we did. Yeah. During that time, that's when um, six to six night markets started. Mm. Yeah, it was like one of the first one, um, and then um, Joy was doing Thai iced tea, um, like a shop, like drink shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the base just kind of grew from multiple variation of a drink shop that we we started through night market. Um, so in the beginning, it was just Thai iced tea, and then evolution to like kind of a dessert thing, and and at one point, um, Joy went back to thailand and then she get inspired by like you know cafes mm. um in thailand and when she came back she just told me like hey i really want to do um like a soda shop a soda shop just purely the bubbles really um, yeah and then and during that time there's no there's nothing like there's no sparkling uh flavor you know true cans or anything during that time um and we have a conversation a little bit and we just like let's do it. I think that's that. Yeah, that's what happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it it and then I we talk about you know like hey what happened like you know it's pretty common when you start a concept and some other people start uh, not copy but rep- like replicate it. Yeah. Um, so we talk about it that hey how can we prevent that and make it our own mm. kind of this is who we are, this is what are we looking for in terms of flavors. Um, and we start developing all this, you know, unique flavor just by like eating um, different raw ingredients together, like literally just buying a bunch of stuff. I'm like, hey, I'm going to eat this flour with this fruit and just put it in your mouth and taste like, hey, this is what we're looking for or not. Um, and, and 
we started to do our own combination of flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I think in the beginning, everyone was kind of like, oh, this is a soda place and they have um, caramel apple. Like you usually don't see that kind of flavor. Yeah. Or um, a blackberry charcoal. And I think that's how like it's, it's started um, like rolling for us. That's where it began for the first brand. And it used to be called Popped Up. Like soda, like bubbles, you yeah. know, and then yeah. we were doing popsicle at one point. Yeah. So anything like with pop, like popsicle, pop, it's kind of makes sense. That's when yeah. we went for that name. And then we doing pop up. Yeah. So that's kind popped up became the name. Yeah. Gotcha. How, how long, how long were you guys doing this for? This kind of soda concept? The soda concept was like five? No, I think first time was at 606 Night Market, right? Yeah. Mm. Probably like eight years ago. Yeah. Eight years ago is when you kind of did this. Okay. Okay. And then when I like fully um, render, it was just like, just a soda. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I think when we first launched, it was at 6069 Market. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then I read something about you guys participating in Smorgasburg, LA. And when you did that, was it the base at that point when you were participating in that market? No, it was under, it was still popped up. Oh. We, we were making um, Thai tea with, with, Ice cream on top. Oh, like Thai tea float. Nice. Then, that sounds delicious. Yeah, that's yeah. what we got in because um, Zach, the manager, yeah. wanted something different, like the Thai tea float. Um, yeah. So we got in because of that. Yeah, but then Zach came and do all the tasting for the drinks. Um, initially, they was thinking, obviously, looking at us as more like um, a soda sure. pop vendor. Um, that's when we got in, but we kind of grew from there. The base name came in when after uh, two years. After in. two years, I we I was already at Art Center, um, and I took this project uh, or popped up into a packaging class. Oh. And that's kind of grew out of that class, like all the idea of like, hey, the bottles, um, the name, um, yeah. So it just changed because of that, because of that class. Okay. And then, and then the name, the base, is it because it's like the, you guys were doing concentrates at the time. Is that, is that why it's called the base? Is yeah, it-, it is. Yes. So um, we did the base and we little in the beginning and still are like, we, we still thinking it as like an alternative, like, um, you know, like sugar um, for people or like mixer for people who don't drink alcohol. Of course, like people can use it to make cocktails yeah. and they're really great for cocktails, but we were aiming for non-alcoholic triggers wow you guys are really ahead of the ahead of the curve like ahead of the trend i feel like it's now kind of like picking up but you guys were doing that pretty early on huh thinking about that yeah okay wow um so so just walk me through how you went from doing the soda pop-ups to now you know you're calling it the base doing concentrates and mixers how did the opportunity come about with holy basil is it was it supposed to be an extension of kind of like the base and your manufacturing part of it or I, i'm just trying to like f- see how this came about like the restaurant that you guys are doing now yeah this is really crazy because i feel like we're doing a lot of things yeah. um <laughs> yeah so holy basil happened because um it's as simple as when um, we started to do we went to help out one of this one of our friends who are doing a pop-up got it in Revenant, um, Revenant couple. It was a private event, um, and Leo from Chinese Laundry was doing a one-on-one hand pulled noodle. Mm. 
um, class. And we used to do pop up with him where he would cook food and we'll just do cocktails um, for dinner service or something. Um, so that day, I think the second one on one hand pull noodle class, he just want to focus on teaching people and not want to cook um, appetizer or something to fill people up before class. Um, so we volunteer. We're like, okay, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. And we'll love to cook for everyone else. Um, so we did the yum, which is, you know, almost a isakaya concept, mm-hmm. um, but just an appetizer where people can just grab and go. It's more like a drinking food. Yeah. Like, say. yeah. More like a drinking food. Yep. Yep. And that kind of sparked holy basil, um, like, or sparked us into cooking because everyone was like, oh, you guys can cook. We, they always thought that we just do drinks. Right. 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 And so when that happened, we, we, after a month or two, we started um, a yum concept right next to Chinese Laundry because they're like, hey, why don't you guys come and do it next to us when we're doing hand pull noodle in Highland Park? Right, right. Yeah, so um, that happened. It was okay. Like a lot of friends, like our friends whose Thai came out or like foodies came out and they loved it. Um, but in terms of like a public, um, you know, response, I think it was a little bit too early. I think, too early. I don't think they're ready for that yet. Yeah, for that kind of food. Yeah, um, I get what you're saying. Like- yeah. Yeah, it's like it's very like flavorful, punchy, punchy you know. Yeah. Pungent. Yeah, yeah. pungent, yeah. Something yeah. like that. And then I feel like people still don't know what it is. Don't basically. know what it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then when that happened, um we sign we sign a lease. No, I think like Holy Basil came through because the pandemic. Yeah, during, during the pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. So that started because we signed a space, um, you know, for the base, uh, which initially right now is 700 uh, because they didn't have a brick and mortar. And, and we were like, okay, we're going to, we've been eight years. We need to find a home for right. um, the base, you know. And um, when the pandemic hit, um, we opened a tent downstairs right where like basically holy basil is mm-hmm. uh, inside for people to come and pick up their drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that happened is many people who came in and, and we were super bored of just <laughs> doing it, you know, like not doing anything at home yeah, during yeah. that time. So we opened up a second tent right next to, you know, the pickup yep. hot drinks. And then we were just doing like, you know, pack up how, um, and Pasiu, I think it was like two or three menus. Wow. Two to three. Pasiu and then Pakrapau, like yeah. three menus. Yeah. And it start from there, wow. basically. Yeah. So pre-Holy Basil, it was just supposed to be the extension of, like you had HQ for the base and you were just doing drinks initially. Yeah. And yes. then you added three items. And then when did you decide, like, okay, let's just do, you know, make this into, because you didn't use the Holy Basil name then, right? Obviously, it was just the base. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how did you, uh, by the way, I love the name. Um, t- tell mm-hmm. us about just like the concept there and like the name, like how did you guys come with that? Um, Holy basil, it's ingredient. Right. Uh, yeah. So we, the Kapow has Holy basil, Holy basil in it once when it in season, um, mm-hmm. it should be coming right now. But um, yeah, I mean, in Thailand, Kapow is one of the main, you know, like I would say that everyone knows about it. Um, it's much more eaten much more frequent than Pad Thai. 
uh, and it's like meat, rice, and egg, which is awesome. Um, it's like to go to a ditch where you don't know what to eat. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's why we're like, okay, um, holy basil, it is kind of thing. There was no thought process about it. It was just like, okay, holy basil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then um, holy basil happened because remember, like a few years ago, when there was ha- when we have a really bad um, um, wildfire, yeah, and it was dusty everywhere in in I guess like everywhere, but in downtown, we couldn't cook outside anymore mm. because it was so dusty. Um, so we we asked the landlord that if we can go in and cook in one of the space that's mm. still, like not close, I mean like clean. So we went in and clean, and we started. To cook from that kitchen instead, the kitchen we are in now. Mm, got it. Got it. Yeah. So it just kind of grew organically for us, you know. Yeah. Nothing was like planned. Like, oh, we're gonna go in this space and it's gonna be a whole of bees. So it's just it just kind of evolved and morphed into what it is now. Yeah. And even like even fridge, it was like used to be only one under counter fridge and one mm. wall, and like slowly we just slowly added things in. There was not. You know, basically, just a walk-in, an under-counter fridge, and a walk. <laughs> when you guys first started, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. I mean, I was in the space today, and like looking at it now, it feels like everything seemed kind of planned out, you know. But that's not the case. Yeah, that's a year plan out when we'll open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you guys opened early 2021. Yeah, right. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Around there. Yes. Wow, so it's been a little bit over a year. Yeah, see, I don't rem- remember because like <laughs> nothing was planned out. It was like, okay, we're gonna open yeah. next week. We're gonna do a menu, kind of. <laughs> yeah. No, I love your guys's energy. I mean, that's just that's just how life is. Sometimes you know, it's not like all scheduled out. Like that's you just kind of go with the flow. Sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's just say early twenty twenty one. It's been a it's been a year plus now. Like, how do you guys, how do you guys feel about it? Because you know, from the outside looking in, it seems like you guys got a lot of great accolades, recognition, and awards. Like, did you ever like dream of all, all that press and everything that was coming your way? Like, did you ever think this would happen? I don't. We didn't. We never expected. I would say that like we always wanted um, to to do for the base. I think in the beginning we're like, man, people are gonna recognize us with the base and food concept was. I mean, a holy base in the beginning. We always want to do our best whenever we do our, like anything. That's just in our like in our blood, but um, we 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 didn't think that LA Time would write about us. I think the first time that they wrote about us, Joy almost cried. Yeah, and I was like, wow, um, this is really happening. Um, but but yeah, none of them was expected. But yes, we 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 doing our best, you know, for like without with whatever we want to serve people. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, just just congratulations for for all of that that that's coming your way. Obviously, like well deserved, and uh, just, it's crazy, right? Like, look, I'm just trying to experience this as you guys are experiencing it, but like, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. who would have thought? I mean, I know, I know, for joy, like you, it was it was a dream of yours to have a restaurant, but here you are. Yeah, but as I was doing the base, I stopped having that dream anymore. Oh, did you? Because <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, like from like working in. in in the restaurant business, I knew how hard it is to yeah. the kitchen. Yeah. And then when I touched, like when I moved to do drinks, I was like, oh, it's so easy. It's because it's, it's in my blood, you know, because I bartend for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I could do it with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. And then, so 
when we had this kitchen, I was like, there's, there's, this point of times I was like, deal, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, because like yeah. it was so tough. It was so hard at the beginning. Like, you know, like it was just us and then we were cleaning, like mopping the floor, you know, after 10 hours of service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, something like that. And it was just like, oh my God, this is so hard. Yeah, and you had to get up and like and then do accounting and then, you know, like email people on top of that, you know. In the beginning, yes. Yeah, like, that's pretty. Like yeah. Everything, yeah, absolutely. You can't, you got to just do A to Z. Yeah. Um, be- before we move on to anything else, do you, I, I really want to touch on the branding and, and just the design because I, I really lo- loved it from the beginning, from the get-go. I felt like it was very compelling. You don't really see that kind of like design in the restaurant scene, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like it's really out there. So what, what inspired you with the holy basil design? Like I know and there's a very specific character as well. So could you could you just walk me through like, your inspiration there? Yeah, so um for holy basil, we want it just to be what it is, mm-hmm. I think. That's that's the goal of design. Even in the beginning that I was trying to force this, it to be something that I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, even typography or or like a design itself and I feel like I'm just holding it to to, you know, like not letting it breed or it grow to what it is. Cause like I said, we never plan Holy Basil to be, you know, like something. It was always growing. So the branding itself was just kind of, hey, can we just keep it for to be what it is? And mm. whatever grow from here, we just gonna add on to it. Um, I think it, even the font or like even the shelf that you walked in today, the holy sauce, it just came like along its way. We never thought we we're gonna do. Oh, eventually we're gonna might do a sauce called Holy Sauce, um, or we're gonna do a Holy Branding for something, um, and and we gravitate red anyway, so that's why it's red. Mm. Uh, neon kind of came in just be- neon signage, just just basically came in because nobody can see us um, in that. Um, you know, food court. Because mm-hmm. from an outside view on Los Angeles, you can't see us. Yep, yep. Yeah, and then we can't put any signage outside. Mm. So we're like, I guess neon, because I don't know, because you know, like when you see it, um, the color of our, uh, the uniform color gray of the whole building, Yeah, it's just mid-tone. And like when we started putting other color on it, it just looked fuzzy and people can't read yeah. anyways. Yeah. So, for, yeah, for us, we, we that's why we went it went with neon. So, like I said, everything kind of grew out of you know, like, hey, do we need a signage? I think <laughs> for us, yeah, um, it never been planned out properly. But now I'm happy with where it, you know it landed, and like we know we can use like this kind of branding to carry on. Um, but yeah, I, I would say just what it is, um, even shelf. You know, we're trying to make it all fancy, but at the end of the day, it's not what Holy Basil is about. It's just about food, about like people and like people's in it, I think. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, we're, I'm so happy we're having this conversation because I feel like, you know, you guys are first time entrepreneurs and, and I am as well in, in my own regard, but I feel like a lot of people have this kind of myth about entrepreneurship where 
people think it has to be planned and executed a certain way. But sometimes, you know, like, I'll be honest, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're doing good stuff. Yeah. You like, you do it and you're like, oh, hey, you need this permit or hey, you need this license. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I almost feel like it's always opportunity. Joe and I talk a lot about opportunity. Once you get an opportunity, um, you should grab it and like do your best. Yeah. Um, that's where I'm coming from. Yep. Um, so that's why sometimes, you know, we never get the chance to plan it out, but you know that if we get that opportunity, we're going to do great. Mm. That's what I always believe in. Um, and, and, and it's okay to fail, but if, you know, opportunity doesn't come often, Yeah. you know, like it's, it's, it's the same thing. We think Holy Basil is a, it's, it's a given to us where it happened. It just happened so quickly that we didn't expect it to to be where we are today from where it started. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that opportunity was given um, to us, whether it's a place the, like a customer or people who wrote about us, it was given to us. And then um, we just have to do our best and like, you know, keep it going. I think that's what, you know, sometimes it just, you know, you can't plan those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there, there's one thing also that, that I just kind of came to mind about, your brand, Holy Basil, was um, there's no substitutions or modifications to your rights to some of the dishes on your, for most of the, basically your menu, correct? Yeah. And was that like a conscious decision that you guys made where like that's that's just going to be like the brand and that's what we're going to do? Yeah. And also Joy said, whatever she picked is already the best for you. Mm. Yeah. Like in terms of cooking food, like what we're trying to represent in our food, felt, we felt like, the reason why we're not doing chicken pad thai is not because we didn't want to do chicken pad thai. Um, number one, it's not common in Thailand. Um, number two is is that uh, we don't have sliced chicken in our kitchen, mm. and there's no need for us to do. And it's and and the reason why um, uh, some of the signature menu that we do, we don't want it to be substitute. It also grew out from. We know we we at least from a point of view we want to serve people what we eat, and we feel like we can back it up. Mm. Where like if people say it's not good, it's okay. It's maybe not a cup of tea, but we know we did our best. You know, because mm. if you keep, I feel like if people start mixing their own mix into it now, for us, um, for us, then we don't know where to change, where to where where it's good, where it's not because. Is is now not our dish? Yeah, in any sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I I, I just wanted to point that out because I felt I felt like that was so unique to a Thai yeah. restaurant here in the U.S. You know, because yeah. after you pick a noodle or rice or even yeah. a curry, like the next question in a Thai restaurant is usually chicken, pork, or beef yeah. <laughs> or shrimp. You know, <laughs> so it has been a rough journey. Yeah. <laughs> to to try to be like that's not what you no usually we will say like um we'll try to suggest other options sure sure um but it's a rough thing even for a front of house you know yeah we go through it i mean now it's less but in the beginning was terrible i I bet i bet everyone was giving you a hard time there's no way you didn't have like bad customers (laughs) yeah 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 like giving you a hard time about happy that now that people just Almost, not that many people, right? No, and because after we have, we have to like we have to put the sign, you know, saying yeah. that no modification or yeah, no modification unless it's 
it's there in the menu that you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I, I, I remember seeing it and that was what was so eye catching to me. I'm like, Hey, that's pretty great. I'm like, why didn't other Thai restaurants think about that? Cause sometimes, yeah. and how do you guys feel about this? Sometimes I, I think, you know, the American saying American customer service saying how they they say that the customer is always right. They're not always right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I actually hate that phrase cause that's not necessarily true in many ways. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, for me, I feel like I want them to be happy. Of course. With mm-hmm. Rather than them asking me to cook what they want to eat. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I think it's a cultural too, like, because I, we, we grew up in Thailand, right? Mm-hmm. So one stall known for it's specialty like yeah. one right, restaurant right, right. don't serve everything like yeah. they don't serve 100 menus unless it's different type of restaurant which is rare yeah like if you want pasi you you know oh you gotta go to this grandma who makes the best yeah in your area you yeah. know stuff like that and then you don't go there and modify her her dish <laughs> <laughs> even though if it tastes different than another pasi from another region of thailand yeah you want to go to there for that flavor yeah 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 um yeah i mean funny and like it's super funny in the beginning we had the conversation with a landlord and on our menu there's no pad thai at all oh and he said you need to put it in (laughs) and then our conversation was like okay i guess because we didn't know if you're gonna succeed and we're like if we have to put it in we're gonna have to make it ours Mm. pad thai not like just a general pad thai. So like we did work on like tamarind and all those stuff um, and make it uniquely flavor like pad thai for holy basil. And we always get like, that's not pad thai. I'm like, no, it is. <laughs> it is pad thai. What are you telling me it's not? Uh, yeah, we, we go through, in the beginning, that was like a thing. Like that's not pad thai. Oh, okay. Uh, do you, I don't want to like trigger you, but I, I, now I recall seeing a story an Instagram story on your profile yeah. about like a review. I think the review was someone that's like telling you that it wasn't authentic or something. I yeah, like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't know why people is like that. I know they, I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. I feel like, you know, even in Thailand, there's different region or even of course, different, just different store. They just have a little bit um, different technique of cooking and taste different. And I stopped saying cooking authentic Thai mm-hmm. now. Like, Joe and I have come to a conclusion we should not say that yeah, anymore. You, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we just like, we cook Thai food. Like, the flavor is Thai. Yeah. For sure. I don't have to be cooking um, Thai dish um, to make it Thai. I can cook any other thing. That flavor is Thai for yeah. sure. Um, so I now I said, I just cook you know, like Thai, not, not like authentic Thai. Like the flavor is fully Thai. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that word authentic is a, is a slippery slope as they say. It is a tricky, tricky term, I think, because it's so objective and it's so, it's whatever you feel it to be authentic. Like what is authenticity, you know? Yeah. It's a whole, whole nother beast. But, um, I, I just want to go back on a point that joined me, which is actually really, really eye-opening for me. I never really thought of it that way, but it's totally cultural. Like the idea of substituting and modifying your order. I think it's a very uniquely American thing. Like 
I don't remember. I go to Korea quite often. Um, like I, I probably go every year. You don't go to a Korean restaurant and you're like, hey, I want pickles out of my hamburger. You take yeah. it out yourself. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah. in America, it's like, yeah, pickles out. I want my onion caramelized, um, you know, and I want this and that. It's yeah. kind of crazy if you think about it. It is crazy. Yeah, I get it. Like, you know, like, let's just say that, okay, pad thai, right? Yeah. Like, you're allergic to bean sprout or you don't like bean sprout. Sure. That can be removed. But you start adding something else, like, okay, uh, I want bean sprout, but can you add carrots yeah. or something like that? Like, you're just making up your own dish. Yeah. We recently just got, like, people um, order a pot siyun and then they want basil, like Thai basil in it. And our, um, our cook was like, hey, you can you can do um, a pot kimao instead. And then, like, no, I want a pot with basil. And she, she was like, hey, can I buy separately? On the side, I'm like, no, that's not how it works. We don't sell basil, you know. Yeah, we're not a supermarket, you yeah. know. <laughs> I was like, why are you guys fighting? Why am I having this conversation? You know, um, that's just crazy. Some I don't know. <laughs> wow. No, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we touched on it. I, it's it's definitely a cultural difference, and it's just something that I think uh, will take time. It's education. It's, it's. Do you think it just Thai um, um, restaurant or that happened to? <sighs> other as well so this is this is the problem the the problem with thai restaurants is the the restaurants that opened before you yeah they have kind of made that problem your problem of giving people too many options and choices to begin with so then what happens is americans that like grow up here they as that who have have never been to thailand okay they think their reference is that that's that's authentic now right this idea that like you get to choose your protein yeah. So that I think that is a part of the problem, and it's it's going to take some time because people have already been conditioned and educated that way in in the states in America. Yeah. So I think it's it's like a backwards battle. Uh, I think for I've talked to a lot of Thai restaurant owners and chefs, you know, especially like second generation. You guys, you guys as well are second generation, kind of like this new wave of Thai owners. Yeah. Um, people, Thai food is actually so. It's almost a it's it's like Chinese food. Like Chinese food right. here is different from Chinese Chinese food. You get what I'm saying? And yeah. I feel like Thai food, it's been so it's been around for quite a while now and almost so normalized that Thai food is also different. It's like this is Thai American food now. It's even Thai Thai, you know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, I feel like even Thai or not, like you don't go to a restaurant and be, you know, changing their menu. Right. Right. This, like whether you you're Thai Chinese or Japanese, no, actually, like, yeah. Well, but I feel like Thai is so much like we get that all the time. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Like okay, let's let's use an Italian restaurant as an example. You don't see people doing that in Italian restaurant. Yeah. Right. It's just like whatever you get, you get. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's, and it's, people it's, also get like give us a hard time. It's not like okay, that's not possible. I get it. They like literally stand there and be like, but why? Why right. can't you do that for me? <laughs> I'm like, no, I can't do that for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If there's one thing that people can take away from this podcast is I yeah. hope people are just like more open-minded and trusting of the restaurant. You know what I mean? Like I think most operators have the best in mind for the customer experience, in my opinion. 
So yeah. I think that they have to give you guys that that chance first, that opportunity to be wowed before they get to change up the menu and change the protein. So, um, but I'm glad we had this conversation because it is. I think it is a problem, especially specifically Thai restaurants, because because again, I don't think you really see this in Korean restaurants. To be honest, um, yeah. you don't see it really in Japanese restaurants. You don't really see it in any of the kind of Asian restaurants, in my opinion, it it is a very specific <laughs> Thai restaurant yeah, problem, yeah. and I feel like they just normalize it. Exactly, exactly. Like all the restaurants supposed it to be. I mean, I have no problem with um, any other like Thai restaurant or, or like you know for them to be to to have that option available for the customer. Right. Um, every clientele is different, but like, but for us um, or. For others that want to represent, you know, different type of Thai cuisine or Thai flavor, um, we should be giving that opportunity to to be a little bit different or not being normalized. I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. you know, yeah, variety is good. Oh, one hundred percent. I'm I'm actually hoping there's like way. I want there to be more and more and more and more Thai restaurants so that there is a there's and then there's a demand for a different type of Thai food. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like there needs yeah. to be even more Thai restaurants so that you guys can do more of the regional stuff because yeah. that's where Chinese food is. You know, people, yep. Chinese food has been for around for so long now where people know. Oh, this is like Sichuan. This is you know Shang, like Shanghainese and stuff like that. So. So hopefully that happen with Korean food as well. Korean food. Well, here's the thing about just Korea in, in sheer size is it's nowhere close to um, China, first of all. And then secondly, I feel like Korea does have regional pro, like provinces and different types of cooking around around the country. But um, it's not it's not as regional, I would say, um, as 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 even like Thailand. So um, you kind of get everything, uh, especially if you go to Seoul, like you, you get access to all that curry has to offer. So there's not much like regional cooking in, in Korea. Um, but we, in Korea and cuisine, we have the Korean barbecue problem. So, you know, every, <laughs> every, yeah. every Asian, Asian cuisine in America has some sort of a problem at the moment. Um, so, yeah. you know, we're all just trying our best to, to let people know that, Hey, Thai food isn't just pad Thai and Korean food isn't just Korean barbecue, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Um, I actually, I look to Japanese cuisine a lot because people are really educated in Japanese cuisine, right? People know of tempura, people know of udon and sushi yeah. and ramen. And the difference is within Japanese cuisine, it's kind of crazy. So um, I always think Japanese cuisine is like the aspirational cuisine for, um, at least for, for, I can't obviously speak on the whole Asian community, but as a Korean, um, when I used to work at Atomix in New York City, mm -hmm. and, um I always use Japanese cuisine as an example of like what Atomics could be, where our mission was to widen and broaden the scope of Korean food, like and educate people that like Korean food doesn't just have to be Korean barbecue. It could be this two Michelin, ten course tasting menu, you know. So, yeah. I mean, we're we're getting there, we're getting there, but I think it's just going to be this collective effort uh, that we need to put continuously put in. Exactly. Yeah. But you guys are doing a great job. You guys are leading the charge. And, and seriously, I'm so proud of what you guys have done. Um, and without disclosing too much, and, you know, you're welcome to share as, as much as you want comfortably. You know, what is ahead for you guys? And what can we expect from Holy Basil this year and just, you know, in the, in the near future? Yeah, so um, we're opening um, at Water location, uh, which we're going to be 
doing pretty much the same menu, but a little bit more family friendly um, for for the neighborhood. Um, we think about that concept uh, where like you know you can get you can shop at at our our shop mm. um, with maybe a little bit less spice um, and then having able to buy like maybe Asian. Um, ingredients so you can cook from home from that shop specifically um, things like that we're looking into making more Thai sauce available nice. uh, like retail um, that's where we we're thinking about hitting um, and we are thinking possibly to do a sit down but that's like I don't know when that's gonna happen right, uh, right. right now we basically doing hopefully they'll be joining with other chefs to do Um, I can't tell anyone yet which chef, but um, to do um, a sit down, sit down um, like you know course. Um, Exciting, yeah. In in downtown for that one. Um, so, yeah. I mean, those are pretty much right now what we're thinking about. Yeah, and then for joy, anything for the base. Um, we're just waiting for our home. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking for a home for the sit down. That's what I'm talking about. I'm waiting. It's gonna be um, pretty exciting for everyone. I think. Awesome. I mean, yeah. I'm excited for it too. Now, <laughs> you guys got me hyped up. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, honestly, thank you guys so much just for spending the time with me and um, you know just expressing with me your business and how you guys got here. It's it's an incredible story. Uh, super inspired by you guys and what you've done in this in this short time too so just cheering for you guys and uh yeah thank you so much for being on the podcast of course thank you. thank you and that's it for today's episode thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week on weekly welcome bye